0: Welcome to Cinebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. As always, uh, I am your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-hosts.
1: Hey everybody, uh, I'm David
0: Berman. Um, I am a culture writer and slot editor for
1: Daily Nebraskan. I'm on the Lead Center for Performing Arts Beat, so I cover all the shows and happenings there. And uh, I'll also do a movie review every now and then.
2: And Mia Everding. I am a photographer and videographer as well as a culture reporter. And I write um some movie reviews, some TV show reviews, some music reviews, just kind of everything. And then the odd feature. But that's me.
0: And yeah, so if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, We're we're living in some strange times right now. Uh and the audio might be a little weird, and that's because we are recording this remotely uh we we are all at home right now just chilling out ready to talk some movies we 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 still wanted to record a podcast so we we figured out a way to do it and so yeah here we are yeah Um, if
1: if if we uh if we talk over each other or if things sound weird it's because we're just looking at our phones and talking to no one right now so so you know
0: it's pretty good (laughs) this is this is true um, so yeah today's podcast uh, will be a little different than usual usually we like start with what have I done then go into the news and then a main topic uh, and today we're kind of just gonna flip that um, because we, we want to talk about obviously a lot of the the coronavirus related news um, in yeah in relation to everything in the movie industry um, so we're gonna start with that and then from there we'll t- touch on like one little bit of Other news. And then for our main topic, it's kind of just going to be, what have I done? Like, what have we been up to for the past week or so? What recommendations do we have? And so yeah, just bear with us for a bit. It'll be a good time. Um, So yeah, Uh, what, I don't know, I guess, what do you guys want to talk about first with, with this, with all of the coronavirus stuff? Do you want to talk about theaters closing or movies getting delayed or streaming stuff there's kind of a lot to dive into here yeah for
1: sure maybe maybe we talk about the theaters closing because that kind of that was the chain reaction that's kind of led to everything else Mm -hmm. pretty much yeah
0: yeah um so basic uh basic overview is yeah it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like a lot of movie theaters um both in the u.s and around the globe are just shutting their doors. Um, I know for a fact that Marcus Theatres, uh, which are all the one like the Grand here in Lincoln, uh, those are all closed. Uh, AMC Theatres, which is like the largest uh, theater chain in the U.S., they're all closed for the next like six, uh, I think it's like six weeks. Um, then I know uh, Regal's closed and a bunch of other chains. Um, and yeah, it's it's certainly interesting because I don't, I don't remember the last time that I don't, I don't remember any time that just theaters like this have just closed round the clock. Um, and you would think that because movie theaters are like, they, they seem to be very extravagant places uh, and th- everything there is so ridiculously expensive that they would have a lot of money just on hand to spend. Uh, but in reality, they don't really, it's kind of, it's, they don't make, as much profit as you would expect um and from this uh, i kind of want to go into talking about amc Theaters specifically who um per uh, the rap which is uh, just an online movie uh movie news source that's pretty reputable um there is a lot of speculation out there uh, amongst industry analysts that amc theaters might not survive this um just because they they can't hand they've had a lot of uh, big spending uh, over, the, over the past couple of years, specifically with like AMC A-List um, and various other services that they're offering that have cost them a lot of money. Um, and so closing for several months at a time could be catastrophic to their business model, mm-hmm. um, which is just wild. Because again, this is the, the largest theater chain in the US. Um, yeah, a couple weeks ago, they had, Uh, furloughed like thousands of employees which is basically just putting them on leave um and earlier today they furloughed another 600 corporate employees including their ceo so like that's over 90 percent of their workforce um and yeah so like if i had to put money on it i would assume that amc through one way or another will come out of this alive um But the fact that we're even having that conversation is just wild. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's kind of the state of everything right now. Um, everything in society just kind of feels like it's it's all shut down and very has a very uncertain future. And, and I think the longer that it is smart for a, for everybody to kind of stay indoors and not go out and, and keep these businesses closed, they'll, you know, the, the more likely it is that a business like AMC and and, uh, and and just businesses in general may not survive that. And that's, you know, that's really terrible. and But uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I hope that, you know, um, they'll find a way to stay in business and keep bringing us good movies. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add apart from that, that it just... I don't know. It just seems so surreal, but that's kind of like the story of everything that's going on right now. So it's just like, well, what's new? What, what else is going to, you know, change during this time, but it is kind of crazy. I don't know. It doesn't feel really yeah.
0: still. Yeah. Um, and with, with theaters closing, obviously there's not a lot of movies that are going to be opening. Yeah. Um, so like I, I wrote an article about this for the DN last week, but, um, yeah, just pretty much every major movie you can think of has been delayed uh, over the next couple uh, The next couple of months. Um, the first one that delayed, which we might have actually talked about on the podcast, mm-hmm. was uh, No Time to Die, um, which got pushed till November, uh, I believe till Thanksgiving. Um, but then, yeah, since then, we've had A Quiet Place Part 2, Wonder Woman 1984, Black Widow, Fast and Furious 9, Mulan, New Mutants, and pretty much anything that was planning on opening in the month's. Mm-hmm. Of April and May is getting pushed back, um, which again is just mm-hmm. insane um, that that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because like it's definitely the right move um, that I think all of these studios are making the right decision by pushing these movies back. But it's just such an unprecedented thing um, that's going to cause it's. We're going to see like the effects of this uh, in the industry for several years to come, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's going to be just movies rescheduling and moving around like constantly. Um, but yeah, so I guess from there, uh, some of those movies uh, are ending up getting pushed to streaming, um, which is an interesting uh, an interesting development to say at least. Because um, a lot of movies that already were in theaters uh, such as like Onward and Emma and Invisible Man, uh, they're getting released uh, to rent early. So like uh, Onward, I know, uh, is available to rent now for like twenty bucks for like forty-eight hour period, and it's the same mm. with Emma, Invisible Man, The Hunt, Bloodshot, and various others. Um, and then Onward specifically is also going on Disney Plus, I believe, April fourth, um, which I think is just considering that's like a Pixar movie that just opened two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, um, and it's already going to be on Disney Plus um, is just. Yeah, it's, it's certainly nothing we've really experienced before um, in, in the movie industry. Uh, and then going from there uh, to talk about Trolls, um, Trolls World Tour, Universal's even taking that, I believe it's Universal, um, and they're releasing that online to stream uh, the day and date. So like it's scheduled to open in theaters April 10th. Um, and so yeah, that same day, you'll be able to watch it from home just again for that nineteen ninety nine uh rental price, which, yeah, is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Um and it'll be really interesting to see what the long term effects of that are. I know uh theaters uh and theater companies are very upset by that. Um, like someone from I don't remember the name of the the, the group, but it's basically like just the it's a collection of like movie theater owners, like a uh, very um yeah. And they were talking about how they don't think that theater owners and distributors are going to forget (laughs) that universal was the one to do this. So maybe we'll start to see some pushback against universal in years moving forward. If this doesn't work out or if this does work out really well, maybe we'll start seeing more of this, which it's, we're kind of in a, in a, in a realm of uncertainty as with everything else right now. Um, and yeah it'll be interesting to see what how this goes over the next coming months and coming years and yeah so yeah. What, what do you guys have to say about this
1: um I think what's interesting about trolls in general um is that all, all the marketing I've been seeing'cause'cause you know I've been watching a lot of t v since I've been home um all the commercials I've seen they they still say uh in theaters and at home on april whatever um which I think is interesting uh, i I think they're Still kind of marketing it that, you know, if movie theaters are, are open then, which they won't be, then it'll be in theaters, but it'll also mm-hmm. be at home to, to, uh, to kind of, um, and, and, and maybe that's to kind of uh, remind people that, oh, this is still a, you know, um, big budget in quotes, uh, kids movie, and it, it, it is something that you would go see in theaters if theaters were open. So it's something that you mm-hmm. should see when it's at home if that makes sense but but yeah i I think that's an interesting marketing strategy by them so
2: yeah i
0: yeah what what about you yeah i agree
2: with dave like it is an interesting kind of like business strategy to take i think it'll just be interesting to see like the effect that this has on the industry in general like you were saying kyle like it's going to be a long lasting. I'm just interested to see like how long this is we're gonna be like feeling the effects of all of this. Like especially in the movie industry, how that's delaying like production too of of um a bunch of new, new Euphoria season two like had just start production on their on their second season and now you know that's halted like production on so many other things is already halted crazy, I think like what the next couple of years look like movie wise and tv show wise i just i'm a fe- yeah i'm a feared but
0: yeah i've got i've got a little list here uh, of just various like major productions that have been shut down so like marvel already shooting shang chi mm-hmm. uh, and that's been shut down uh, all of their disney plus shows including the falcon and the winter soldier wanda and loki two of which were scheduled to come out this year um those productions are shut yeah. down Production on the Batman shut down. They were Disney was just about to start shooting the Little Mermaid, and that's they cut that um, Mission Impossible Seven, Jurassic World, Fantastic Beasts, The Matrix, and James Cameron's numerous Avatar yeah. sequels um, <laughs> are just yeah. all on hold for yeah. now. Um, and yeah, so it's the movie industry is one that typically is always moving, and there's constantly new. Uh, there's constantly new developments and like breaking news and everything coming Mm -hmm. out of it um and it's interesting to see pretty much the entire thing be put on hold for a couple months um and yeah it'll be interesting to see what what yeah what the long-term effects of this Mm -hmm. are going to be because pretty much there's really no predicting what what will happen but
1: yeah um well i mean uh uh you say there's no predicting what will happen but Let's let's see if we can predict what will happen. Um, with with Wonder Woman eighty four, uh, they they recently just claimed uh, an August release date, I believe. Um, after they announced that it was delayed, um, and so I, I think that's a smart move from them because there is if if move, if you know studios want to release their movies this year, they're going to have a limited amount of dates that they can choose from. So, do you guys think that studios will opt to will there be a glut of things released at the end of the year? Um, assuming, you know, theaters and stuff were able to open by then, or do you think stuff will be pushed into next year? And, and ha- how do you think studios
0: will, will handle this? Personally, I
1: think,
0: Oh, you go, Mia. <laughs> um, <laughs> personally, I think it's going to be a mix of both. Um, I think there, there are a few, uh, weekends left in the year um specifically in the latter half of the year that are still like available for for movies to open in so we saw wonder woman take a weekend in august um but i think we'll see studios start to push some of their smaller movies and some of their movies that they really haven't started advertising for yet we'll start seeing some Mm -hmm. of those pushed into 2020 uh and then having the rest of the the summer movie season uh slotted in there um but and there's stuff like Fast and Furious Nine that was already just pushed to May of next year, mm. and mm. so yeah, I think I think we will see some movies pushed to twenty uh, to twenty twenty one. But then there will also be, yeah, uh, more big movies than usual in the last mm. like four or five months of the year.
2: Yeah, sure. I wonder if it's gonna like like predict like. I don't, I don't know the timeline of when like Little Mermaid was supposed to be released, but I wonder if just like pushing the entire system back a couple of months or like several months, I assume. I wonder if it'll just like kind of fall into place. Probably not. Cause, yeah, like, there's gonna be like a lot of chaos, but I wonder how that will all like just turn out. I mean, for sure. That.
1: I think yes. maybe stuff that's already in production, uh, I think would kind of fall into place naturally because if you know, uh, stuff that's currently in production and the timelines that they have. I'm assuming they'll just have to push those back accordingly. So, uh, I I think there you might see that, but maybe stuff that's you know was initial was uh uh imminently going to be released might uh they have some wiggle room on on where they can kind of choose to to slot things if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think specifically speaking to uh, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward because all of their movies are so interconnected that they can't really just like they can't like change up their schedule very much because it's all on such a solid track. So like Shang-Chi, as I mentioned, uh, halted production and Black Widow was delayed. So like there have been some people speculating that like maybe they'll just push everything back by a release date. So like Black Widow that would then take uh, the Eternals release date this November. And then uh, Shang-Chi was supposed to open February of next year. Um, And so then the Eternals would be pushed to then and then so on and so forth. But the the problem with that is that a lot of their uh, like big movies that they have slated to open in May, they want to open in those like major like months for going to movies. Like that May spot is is probably the biggest spot in the year. And so they're not just going to like throw... They're not going to throw like a lot of their smaller, uh, like, uh, yeah, they're not going to throw a lot of their like smaller Marvel films on those spots that they already have, like, say, like a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three or anything like that. On, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So I guess anything else you guys want to talk about with with everything going on right now? Mm-hmm.
1: Not, not really. Um, I mean, I just think uh, this is just really a crazy time for everybody, um, and you know, this is this is definitely a, a, a movie-centric podcast. Um, and but, but there, I think there are larger concerns than than, than movies in the movie industry for sure right now. And it'll just kind of adjust accordingly to what's smart for the world and 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 what is what is best for public safety and everything. So, it it it's really just going to be interesting and i think potentially we could be in for a very long haul which is which is sad but um, but yeah we'll just have to watch watch some Mm -hmm. other things there's there's
2: plenty out there to still watch that's
0: yes yeah definitely um i think the the list of movies that everybody has of that they've been meaning to get caught up on for however long uh now now is the time to do it um, yeah, it's it's an opportunity you don't get every every day. So yeah, <laughs> go for it. Um, but before we before we jump into like, what we've been personally watching lately, there is one bit of just random movie news that that came out during all of this. Uh, and that's that Rosario Dawson, um, who uh, has been in many, many, many things. Um, some people might recognize her from like, the, the Daredevil show on Netflix, um, and various other yeah, various other pop culture things. As uh, she has been cast as Ahsoka Tano uh, in the second season of The Mandalorian. So Ahsoka Tano, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, is is a character from Star Wars, uh, specifically Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the animated stuff uh, from Dave Filoni. That is, she was Anakin's apprentice, um, and then has since become a very, a very popular and very powerful character in and of herself. Um, and she's she's a fan favorite amongst a lot of, a lot of the Star Wars fans, and she's never actually been brought to live action before. Um, so I think this is this is a pretty big deal. Um, considering we we this is this is a Star Wars character that her her arc uh, moving forward isn't like already predetermined um, by like what is, by what is expected. This could go in a million different directions, and her character has taken a lot of twists in the past. So it's just kind of like no one knows what they're going to do with her, which I think is incredibly exciting, especially for Star Wars. Um, and in the past, Bob Iger, um, the CEO of Disney, or the former CEO of Disney, had said that they were going to introduce characters in the second season of The Mandalorian that they wanted to spin off into their own shows. So maybe this could, uh, Ahsoka could be one of those characters. So maybe this could signal that we might be getting a live-action Ahsoka show at some point in the future. Um I know, I know. Neither of you have watched uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, but uh, as as people that like, I don't know how what what how much you know about Ahsoka, um, but you, you both Not have much. seen some of the Mandalorian. <laughs> so, do you have do you yeah. have any thoughts on this?
1: Um. Well, I yeah, uh, I have uh, seen very limited uh, Ahsoka Tano a- action. Seen a l- few clips on YouTube here and there. Um, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts, Kyle, on the casting specifically, um, and because because I, I love Rosario Dawson, I think she's great in Daredevil and, and Rent, and she's a bit of Jane the Virgin. Um, but I, I I know that some people uh, I, I've seen a bit of backlash that the um the animated voice of her from the from the cartoon uh, was not cast, um and and s- s- uh, uh some other issues that people had with Rosario Dawson being cast. So I, I just want to get your thoughts on what you thought of the casting.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it's great casting. Um, because uh Rosario Dawson, she has been like people people like like fan cast her in this role like several years mm-hmm. ago. So like this her her name has been attached to this character for a little while now. Um just amongst Star Wars fans. Um to the point that like even she was made aware of it and started like actively like talking about it online and about how it was a role that she would she would be interested in doing um as far as not casting uh, the voice actors um i'm personally not a big fan of casting voice uh voice actors in like live action versions of those characters just because i don't know I, I feel like it's such a different uh like i'm not saying she couldn't do it uh but it's just i i couldn't imagine there's a very big difference between voice acting and then like Actually, like acting in a um, big budget like TV show like this, um, so it, it, like it would have been cool if they brought her back, uh, but I think bringing in uh, a name actress like Rosario Dawson, who is like yeah, she's a great actress and she's a great fit for the character. Uh, I think that's personally, I, I think that's the way to go. But yeah,
2: I don't have a ton of thoughts on this because I really know this character, but I mean, you seem excited, Kyle. So yay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a good time.
1: I I really uh, like that. Uh, this podcast is a lot of me and Kyle nerding out over really specific things, and then Mia being like, "I don't understand this," but you guys have a lot of
0: enthusiasm,
1: you know, so good for you. <laughs>
0: um, to dive uh, even a little deeper into that, uh, one thing I'm really excited about is uh, there were also reports going around that they're looking to cast uh, a live action older version of Ezra Bridger who is one of the main characters in Star Wars Rebels Um, Mm. and they're looking to bring him into the Mandalorian Season 2 as well because so Ahsoka was introduced in the Clone Wars and then she like an older version of her was seen in Rebels Um, and so at the point in time in which the Mandalorian uh, takes place this is like a much older version of Ahsoka Um, like she is I don't know yeah probably just younger just a little bit younger than Obi-Wan was in the original Star Wars and so this will be like the oldest version of Ahsoka we've seen. Um, same with Ezra Bridger, if if they end up bringing him in. Um, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how they develop those characters moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For but sure. Yeah, I guess from there we'll we'll just we'll move into what have I done, uh, which as I mentioned earlier is the segment which we, we just talk about what we've been up to. Uh, we do we do this uh, every week on every podcast, but since we've had a lot of a lot of time to watch a lot of movies lately. Uh, a lot of movies and a lot of TV. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about this for a while. Um, so we've each got several things that we want to talk about. Uh, so we'll just kind of go round robin. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave, and okay. then move to you, Mia, uh, and then and I'll go from there. Um, so yeah, Dave, what what have you been watching?
1: Yeah. So um, my my mom, my sister, and I uh, we've been you know home just all of these days. Uh, um, so so uh, during the weekdays when my dad's at work, we've just been watching some old movies. Um, gotta love gotta love TCM and the, the power it brings. Um, so on on uh uh St. Patrick's Day last week, we watched The Quiet Man, which is a 1952 John Ford movie, um, starring uh, John Wayne. Um, and it, it, it's not the typical John Ford John Wayne western. Um, it's a it's more of a love story. Um, it's, it's, yeah, so it's John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara from, uh, uh, Gone with the Wind. Um, and so John Wayne, he is a retired boxer with maybe a bit of a dotted past who is, uh, who goes back to Ireland, which which is where his family's from to, uh, reclaim his family land. And he falls in love with Maureen O'Hara. Um, and it's pretty bad and I didn't like it, (laughs) um, (laughs) I have seen a few John Ford John Wayne movies. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen uh, The Searchers, um, and probably another one, but I don't remember. Just I I know I've seen some of their westerns, um, and so this is definitely a very different movie from that, um, and yeah, it's just it's one of those movies that is extremely dated, um, in the way that it kind of depicts, uh, you know, relationships and uh, um what what a marriage should be because uh, yeah this is from 1952 and so the the John Wayne Marino O'Hara dynamic is very outdated and bad um and and yeah it's just it's a lot of John, John Wayne uh getting into bar fights with with drunk Irish people um and and yeah it was it was entertainingly bad though um and and it, it was it was definitely a good fun fun Irish fun uh saint patrick's day Mm -hmm. thing to see nice
2: sounds sounds fascinating
1: and also it's called it's called called the quiet man i don't know why (laughs) he's not very quiet he's you know he's john wayne he he talks a good amount
0: but i was about about to ask is john wayne the quiet
1: man i guess he is i think it's like i think one guy Says you're kind of quiet, man. Like one time to him, and they're like, "That's the movie." <laughs> like, like that's legitimately why. I don't, I don't really know why else it's called that. Maybe, maybe I missed something really important. But, but I think it's just kind of called that for no reason. So. What year was that? So, yeah, solid. Okay, 1952.
2: That's that's pretty great. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it's it's really it's a, it's a one thing I would say for it is it's a very beautifully mm. shot film. It was all shot in Ireland. Um, so, so there's a lot of good uh, you know sweeping landscape shots of, of the fields of Ireland um, but, but there's also some very bad like studio shots of there's uh, they they projected like a road uh, green and then like they're just riding in a cart that is very clearly not on location and it kind of cuts between those two things so yeah. that's not so great but uh, but yeah The Quiet Man uh, it's, Fun. it's not the best <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. What, what, do, what's, what's something you've been watching, Mia?
2: Um, well, my sister and I have been, we watched a crazy show on Netflix, I don't know when it came out, it must have been, like, last week, or within the past couple of weeks, um, it's called Tiger King, if you guys have heard about it.
1: Oh, I've, yeah, yeah I've heard, I've, I've heard yes. a lot about okay. this on Twitter, yeah. It yeah.
2: was wild, it was like. Seven, Maybe seven or eight episodes um, about this guy who um, owned this huge exotic cat um, ranch. I don't know. Amusement park sort of thing. I guess not amusement park. He owned a lot of big cats, basically. In um, Oh gosh, where (laughs) was it? Uh, Oklahoma. And he had this, like, years-long feud with this, like And and it was the story of how he basically ended up in prison and it's, it's wild. It was wild. Um, I was not a fan of it because it's like, it's really sad. Like it's really like depressing um, and I couldn't get into it. And then we just kept watching it. And, you know, once he got invested in the story enough, uh, the episodes kind of flew by and there were like 45 minute episodes, so they weren't short at all. Um, but it was, it was done really well. Um, like the storyline was really cohesive. Um, I mean, it was like a train wreck of a story, but it was super interesting. So we finished that yesterday and then kind of as a palate cleanser, like switch back to new girl, because that's a little bit fluffier and easier to digest than a super sad.
0: So Mia, you, you <laughs> are, you are a self-proclaimed, uh, sad movie lover. Right. Uh, what what made <laughs> what made uh tiger king just not work for you um,
2: well it showed just like how twisted some people are and i don't like that sadness like how gross humanity is i hate that like i, I know that people suck i don't need to be shown <laughs> that because i know it's true like just by knowing it so i like i like sadness. the beautiful melon color was like, people are awful. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. That was what made it sad. So, if that makes any sense.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, um. that was.
2: But I've also, we've also been like going through... My brother-in-law, he likes the movies that I like more than the rest of my family, so we are implementing a system where we watch a movie every day that is on each other's lists, or that want the other person to watch, so I got to choose last night. It was their first day, and I made my sister and brother-in-law watch Snowpiercer, which I had seen a couple years ago, but I hadn't seen it since. Um, Oh my gosh, it was like 10 times better than what I remembered it being, so I blown away and as soon as the credits rolled my sister said wow that movie was awful and I just sat there and wanted to just <laughs> never see her again it was broke it was awful
1: did you watch it this time uh keeping in mind the theory that uh it takes place in the same place I as did the because universe. I couldn't get that
2: out of my head <laughs> it was awful, but yeah, it made it, it made an incredible. So yeah, I'm gonna watch. I think Apocalypse now because it's Cole's turn. That's yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, so I've I've watched uh, a variety of movies over the over the past week or so, um, but on, on Saturday uh, I, I got to sit down and just be a happy boy. As, as i <laughs> as i watched all three lord of the rings back to back
1: you um, were in your bag man you were that is that is your sweet spot right there
0: yeah it is um so usually usually the what i what i like to do is watch all the extended edition lord of the rings movies so first of all as i've mentioned on this podcast a couple of times uh i'm a big lord of the rings guy uh really? those are, yeah who would have guessed Uh, those are the movies that got me into movies um i love the books i'm rereading fellowship of the ring right now uh well not right now right now like i'm not reading it while i'm recording this podcast but yes i (laughs) um that would be some really good multitasking i would say (laughs) um but usually i watch the extended editions uh which if you watch all of those back to back it's basically just an 11 hour trek of a movie um but I, i i Unfortunately, have those loaned to a friend right now, uh, so I I had to I had to watch the theatrical editions uh, on Netflix, um, and yeah, they're as always uh, they were absolutely phenomenal. Um, the what 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 more is there to say about the Lord of the Rings that I haven't said in the past? Um, just. <laughs> Just the music's great, the acting's great, the cinematography's great. Just every 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 single aspect about these movies just works for me. Nice. Uh, and yeah, I, I love them. Yeah. Kyle comes in with <laughs> the hot take that Lord of the Lord Rings of the Rings <laughs> is good. <laughs> um, uh, kind of, I guess, continuing from there though. Um, I watched I watched uh, I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yesterday, uh, which. I, I couldn't decide what movie to watch. And I had like a list of five. Um, and I just kind of picked this one at random, but honestly, I think I enjoyed this movie more now than I have in the past. And, which was surprising because this is a movie that I included on my top 10 movies of the decades <laughs> list when we, when we did that a couple months back. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a very, a very well-made film, uh, on the behest of, uh, uh, matt reeves who's going to be directing the new batman movie um every ass, like every single like shot of this movie is just so well crafted and every line of dialogue or like turn of the camera or everything like has has a meaning um or like has a very specific purpose that it's serving um and i just think it's a really well told story of of an oncoming war that is going to happen no matter what and the people that are trying to stop it anyway um and i don't know i just think it's a really a really interesting story and not the type of story that you would expect from like a big a big franchise such as the planet of the apes and so yeah i've done planet of the apes check it out mia i know you did not like the first one but you, you gotta watch it it's it's so good like and I'll, I'll admit the first one like I like the first one but it's just nowhere near the level of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and even like War of the Planet of the Apes is also pretty good but this one just stands head and shoulders uh, above the other two. I don't know
2: man two. I don't know if you can convince me
0: about it. i <sighs> so the,
1: good. I don't get it. I love the first one. I think it's really good. I don't I, I just I don't under, I know we've had this conversation a million times. But I just don't. I don't get what you don't like about well, it. Well, this it is it, why we're only really casual
2: acquaintances Nothing more.
1: This is true. <laughs> I mean, uh, if, if you liked Don the Planet of the Apes, maybe we'd be really maybe. close friends. But, but at at this at this point, or even friends, you know. But at this point, I think very close acquaintances <laughs> is is a good way to characterize it for sure. So. I agree. <laughs> so
0: I, I know. <laughs> I know we said we' were going to uh, do round-robin with this, but I kind I kind of want to go off the rails a little bit here and I have a couple of right. specific questions I want to I ask you guys.
1: Okay um,
0: cool and so with with movie theaters uh, being closed and everything and us having to watch movies at home, I wanted to ask you guys what was the last movie that you watched in a theater Ooh, uh, and oh, what great. are your thoughts on it?
2: Let me check the list huh
1: um... Let me check my letterbox.
0: Yeah, well, while you guys are doing that, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start talking about mine. Um, so, the last movie I watched in a theater was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, which I reviewed for the DN last week, uh, and it was supposed to open at the Ross last week, but the Ross, uh, the Ross on campus uh, ended up closing, so this movie has not opened yet. I assume it'll open up at some point once all of this is done, um, but... This is a movie that I think everybody should see um, because it's just so beautifully executed uh, in every aspect, both in its story. So the story of the film is um, basically uh, it's set, I believe, in the, the 18th century, maybe 19th century. Um, and it's it's a woman uh, living at home with her mother and she's to be wed off uh, to some guy. Um, and someone, uh, another woman comes in to basically paint a portrait of her, uh, for her husband to be, um, and she's not the first painter that's been there. The last painter that was there, um, the, the main, the main woman just didn't, uh, just didn't, uh, the main, the main woman's name, her name's Heloise, uh, and she did not like the painter, did not cooperate with them. And then uh, in addition to that, the painter just could not get her face right. She couldn't like capture like the, the visual of, of her, um, and so the, the movie really just follows the relationship between Heloise uh, and the new painter that comes in. And while painting the portrait is like the central like, crux of the movie, the movie is more so just about the relationship that develops between them. Because with each other, they're pretty much, uh, it's the first time in their lives that they're really able to feel open with somebody. Um, and it evolves into like a romantic relationship uh and it's just it's very 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 well done um and it's it's heartbreaking uh it's uplifting it's pretty much everything you could want out of a movie like this um and it's one that i highly encourage everyone to see if, if whenever you get the chance yeah cool
1: yeah I, i've heard nothing but really really good things about that so yeah, yeah. i've been
2: um, like waiting for it to come up for months because i've seen the trailer like ages ago so i was really excited for this one but sad I found.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah.
2: Um, I found the movie in theaters, and it was January seventeenth, which is way too long ago. But it was Waves at the Ross. Um, I th- didn't you didn't you review that one, Kyle?
0: Yeah, I reviewed Waves. Um, I ended up watching it uh, on a screen, oh. um, so I just watched it like, on my laptop at home. But yeah.
2: Yeah. It was, I remember it, wait, you wanted our thoughts on it, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember it being, um, I haven't really thought about it much since, because that's two months ago, but um, man, that's really sad that it was two months ago that I last saw a movie in theaters. That makes me sad. Anyway. I know, ugh. I That's like that. very sad. Um, but I remember Waves feeling like TV show than a movie because it, like, obviously it it followed, like, the family around, but it felt like it really switched about halfway into the movie. Um, and I don't remember it being, like, super long. Like, it was probably two hours or so. Um, but it felt really like a TV show. Like, there was a section focusing on the brother and then the half focusing on the sister. Which it kind of to feel like really kind of broken up and just disjointed because it's still focused on the family in general and the family um, relationships. But I remember liking it. It was definitely like out there and not really what I had been expecting. But um, oh no. But yeah, I remember like
0: liking it. Are we? Are we all still here? Yeah. Um, cool.
2: We're good that was me
0: cool okay cool all right <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so I, david what was the last movie you saw in a theater
1: yeah uh, i think uh mine was the invisible man uh, february 28th that already that's less than a month ago but that feels so long ago um and i i think i talked about it on on the podcast because because we did um so it be pretty short but yeah that that movie has still Stayed in my mind as just an excellent movie, um, and something that I, I'm glad it's on. You know, a, a plus side of this is that it's already on streaming, so I think it's something I'll probably probably get in the next few weeks and rewatch just because it's just a riveting, highly entertaining but terrifying movie. So yeah, it, it definitely was. If this is going to be my last theater experience for a while, it will. It, I would want it to be a movie like this because it just its so immersive and something that I really think people should see on a big screen.
0: Yeah. Um, there was another question I wanted to ask you guys, but I forgot it. So <laughs> I guess cool. moving on from, from there, what are, what are some just general uh, yeah, th- either things you guys have been watching that you want to talk about or other just general recommendations that you want that you think would make for a good movie for people to watch at home?
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, in times like these, it's it's important to laugh and and have have some levity in in life. So, uh, on uh, so a few days ago, um, uh, I watched High Anxiety, which is one of uh, Mel Brooks's uh, uh, comedies from the kind of mid '70s and early '80s. That was really his sweet spot, where he did Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and all of that. Um, yes, yeah, so, and so. All of those movies kind of lampoon a certain movie genre. Uh, Young Frankenstein is monster movies and Spaceballs and Star Wars and stuff like that. Uh, But High Anxiety is Alfred Hitchcock. Um, So High Anxiety is a uh, play on words of vertigo. Um, And so uh, basically it follows uh, Mel Brooks playing this uh, uh, psychiatrist who has high anxiety, which is pretty much the same thing as vertigo. Um and he, uh, gets hired at this new psychiatric institute and there is a crime that he has to uncover, and yeah, it's it's it just it's not one of his best movies. I think Spaceballs and Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles are all better. Um, but it's you know it's really solid. Uh, has a lot of really good homages to, um, Alfred Hitchcock. There's a um there's a whole scene where. Uh, They redo the shower scene from Psycho, but it's a, uh, it's a bellboy um, who, uh, so so basically there's this bellboy and he keeps on bothering him to get, uh, Mel Brooks keeps on bothering him to get him the paper. Um, And so eventually as Mel Brooks is taking a shower, the bellboy comes into the room and he beats (laughs) him with the, with the newspaper. Um, And you know the iconic shot of the blood going down the drain. It's instead the newspaper ink going down the drain. <laughs> um, so, so that's really good. That there's a there's a whole bit of um, he gets uh, attacked by birds, but he just gets pooped on, and it's just very good. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's really solid, and and Mel Brooks is is hilarious, and all of his stuff is great. So, I would highly recommend all of that.
0: Nice. Uh, what, what about what about you, Mia? What are some other that's uh a great recommendations question.
2: you've got for um people. i feel like there's a lot of really on netflix right now like i was just looking through it the other day and i found like a lot of um stuff that i've seen already but want to give another go like uh i guess it, snowpiercer isn't really indie but um hold on let me check my netflix list because a ghost story it came on netflix i don't know how long ago um that's a really really good one it's very indie like there are some really long takes not that that defines whether or not a movie is indie but like
1: (laughs) (laughs) that means 1917 is the most indie movie i've ever
0: seen 1917 and
2: birdman yep Uh, oh 20th century women is a good one um what else Oh, the squid and the whale i think is a uh, noah baumbach one that has been on my um i kind of went on a noah baumbach spree a couple weeks ago and i watched uh while we're young it was with adam Driver and um ben stiller um and it was pretty awful i'll be real it was i did not like it which <laughs> really sucked because i do love noah baumbach um but nevertheless, it's it's on there. Uh, what else is there? Oh, I watched uh, I Lost My Body, which was what was that one nominated for? Do you remember Kyle? It was like, yeah. Uh,
0: I think it was yeah. was that an animated feature.
2: Okay. okay.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it was nominated um, for best it animated was... feature.
2: It's, it's um it was it was beautiful really just this super interesting like style of animation. Um, I would definitely suggest that. That works in um, half now, but definitely check that one out. Yeah, that was I added like a bunch of stuff to my watch list. So hopefully I can like go through and work on some of those. But yeah, there have been some really good like indie ones. I don't know whether but I would suggest just going through the, the Netflix um, movie yeah.
0: list and seeing what comes up that yeah. way. Yeah, so the last uh, like sort of recommendations that I wanted to make to people are um, actually, yeah, they're all available to watch now, but there have only been five movies this year that I've enjoyed enough to like put them on my like favorites mm-hmm. of 2020 list. Uh, and conveniently enough, uh, all five of them are available oh. to, to rent or stream right now since since they, they all got released uh, early to streaming. Um, so, yeah. So check out uh, The Gentleman. Um, it's a, a new film from Guy Ritchie. Um, it's pretty much exactly what you would expect from, like, a Guy Ritchie London gangster crime movie. Um, but it's 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 a blast. It's got a great cast. Matthew McConaughey is in there. Um, and then also Birds of Prey um that's yeah it's we we talked about it on the podcast at length um the other week so i won't go too in depth in it but it's just it's a really fun uh harley quinn movie that's kind of along the lines of like what deadpool was um and yeah it's also got a great cast great performances uh but then there's also onward which is the yeah. latest uh, disney pixar movie um we we talked about it earlier on this podcast everyone knows what honored it onward is it's going to be, it's out, you can rent it now, but it's also going to be on Disney Plus in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you can wait for that, I, I, I would do that. Um, but then, yeah, David, you already talked about The Invisible Man, so I won't do much there. Uh, but then there's also The Way Back. Um, the Way Back is a film uh, directed by Gavin O'Connor, um, who he did uh he did the accountant a couple years ago he did miracle like uh i think was that was miracle like in the early 2000s late 90s yeah yes something like that um but the way back uh it's it stars ben affleck and it's just the story of uh this this guy who used to be like a star basketball player um for, for his high school um but then he just kind of gave it all up um like on an instinct um just because like he didn't really love doing it and he was kind of just doing it for his dad and so he just didn't want to do it anymore um but this is him like as an adult um and he struggles with alcoholism uh and he's just not at a great point in his life and so he ends up taking taking a gig as like the head coach for for his old high school basketball team who is not good <laughs> uh like the the team is it just doesn't work um and I'm not I'm not a big sports guy uh and you've there are there are many 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 uh just kind of sports like inspirational sports movies out there Um, but this is one that worked a lot better than i thought it was going to um and it's it ends up being like an incredibly emotional movie about um both the main character and all of the the kids on the on the basketball team just finding a sense of fulfillment in life Mm. and them just like trying to better themselves Um, and it, it explores like all of their kind of personal lives a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's just really, really well executed. Um, and Ben Affleck's performance in the lead, uh, role is probably one of the best performances from Ben Affleck I've seen in a while. Um, he is absolutely phenomenal in the movie. Um, and yeah, highly recommend it. Um, it's available to stream now, so go, yeah, go check it out. Cool. But yeah, so. Unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about, we, we might we might start wrapping yeah. it up.
1: Sounds, yeah, sounds Yeah, I good think I'm good
0: to go. Yeah. So this has been uh, Cinebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, this has definitely been a, an interesting experience uh, recording remotely, yeah. but it's 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 been fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, as always, I've been your host Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host and, uh, David Berman. Oh, Mia everybody. And, <laughs> <laughs> and <Is> that... yeah,
1: <laughs> this is very weird without you it's pointing at us really... <laughs> to say our names.
0: Yeah, I was just kind of like hoping you guys would rem- remember like cues. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's 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 been fun. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks thanks for tuning in. See ya.